We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? Nick Whalen here with Alex Barutha. You're listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Pod. It is Monday, February 26th. We'll recap all the big news from the weekend, talk about the Trey Young injury, what that means for fantasy. Some of the players were concerned about getting shut down late in the year. And we'll tell you about some big trades in some of our important leagues down the stretch. More Rotowire coming your way next. Welcome into the show, Nick Whalen. He's Alex Barutha, talking NBA for the next hour or so. We will take live viewer and listener questions, so put those in the chat as always. We'll hit those over the second half of the pod. Uh, Alex, we, we're now entering our first full week out of the All-Star break. Kind of a weird one uh, you know, with play resuming on Thursday. Some leagues, you, know, you could set a separate lineup for the weekend. Other leagues carry over to essentially the lineup that you had in there <clears throat> Excuse me for the half week going into the break. Um, any, anything major for you coming out of the weekend, any trades, any free agent pickups, uh, you know, any, any notable developments in any leagues? Uh, I would, I would say nothing major, just, you know, the biggest news, I think in terms of the fantasy sphere being that Trey Young is going to miss what I think at least a month they said. Um, and, but I won't be evaluated in a month, which is, yeah, he could be done for the year, to be honest. Yep. Uh, that would not surprise me at all. And the reality is a lot of people's fantasy seasons are going to end uh, some people's before April. So, yep. you know, if you have Trey Young in your team, check when your league ends and, you you know, it might make sense to drop him. I think in almost any case, it makes sense to drop him. Um, especially, you know, if you're in head-to-head leagues, those are the ones that, that tend to end a little bit sooner. Obviously, it depends, uh, you know, league to league. Uh, when, when your season ends, like for example, our, you know, like the NFBKC league, the Rotowire stake league, those go through game 82. So in, in that situation, you know, if you have an IR spot, maybe you throw them in there and you know, you're hoping that you get those two weeks from him at the end of the year. To me, it, it depends partially on league size as well. Like if you're, if you're in a 10 team league, like there's players out there that are going to, to be producing for you. If you're in a 16 team league, dropping him to pick up, I don't know, like, Kyle Lowry or Ben Matherin or something, and you're like, yeah, that's a little bit more unappealing. But yeah, I, I think in general, we're going to see a wave of, of Trey Young drops and probably rightfully so. Uh, again, he's going to be reevaluated in four weeks. So we're talking end of March for the reevaluation. At that point, I would say it's more often than not that we get an updated timetable and it becomes week to week or more optimistically day to day 
after that. But I think the important thing to keep in mind is they're not saying he will be back in four weeks. They're saying we'll see where he's at in four weeks. Right. Um, yeah, Atlanta, they're in the they're in the final playing spot right now, sitting at 25 and 32 in the East. You know, it's conceivable they just stay there because they're above Brooklyn, who has 21 wins, and obviously they're going nowhere fast. Oh, goodness, yeah. So they might they might end up just being locked into the play in, and even if they try to essentially tank the season away without Trey Young, it's like they, can they even really? I don't even know if it's something they can feasibly do. No, not not really. I I, I don't. They're they're kind of stuck, right? I think the big winner here is the Chicago Bulls, who now feel great about yeah. accomplishing their goal of being the ninth best team in the Eastern Conference and losing in the play-in. So, congrats to the Bulls. This should uh, should all but lock that up. But yeah, Atlanta versus Brooklyn the rest of the season is going to be a really sad race uh, to see who who wants it more, I guess, or, or maybe who doesn't want it the least for that ten seed. <laughs> uh, you know, to me, Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn's trying to win. You know, their their first round pick is going to Houston no matter what. That's completely unprotected. So there's no real draft implications. There's no reason that Brooklyn would want to, you know, try to find their way into the into the bottom 10 or something because they have a protected pick. Like that's gone. Um so I, I don't think I don't think we can really expect the Nets to take a step back. The question is, are they actually good enough uh in the post Jock Vaughn era to to catch the Atlanta Hawks? And and who knows? I, the, the Nets have been the maybe the most confusing team for me night to night. Um we did see the Hawks, you know, win in pretty impressive fashion without Trey Young last night at home against Orlando, uh, 109-92. DeJounte Murray played well, almost a triple-double for him. Uh, we saw Jalen Johnson put up a 21-10-7. Uh, I, I think one of the big winners fantasy-wise will, of course, be uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich as well. Yeah, Bogdanovich had a nice game. Um, you know, moving to the starting lineup, I won't be surprised if he averages, you know, like 17, even close to 20 points per game. But they got other guys in the lineup. And then in terms of guys who like weren't playing that have been inserted into the lineup, you know, 17 minutes of Garrison Matthews, uh, sure. 11 minutes of Kobe Bufkin, who it's like, yeah, get Kobe Bufkin out there. You drafted the guy. Um, yeah. My God. But uh, Matthews is just going to be out there. You know, he's not a position to position match for Trey Young. But the fact is Murray slides to point guard. Bogdanovich can handle the ball a little bit. They don't need another playmaker out there necessarily. Yeah, I think other than Chicago, the other winners – you know, are whoever falls furthest out of Philly, Indy, Miami, and Orlando, because two of those teams in all likelihood are going to be in the play-in. And, you know, then you're looking at, you know, potential matchup with, with a team like Chicago, or you know, I think you'd probably rather play Brooklyn than Atlanta, because I would guess if Atlanta finds a way to make the play-in, Trey Young's probably back, you know, by the time we're talking late April. Um, but yeah, I think it, it, the bottom of that, uh, of that play-in picture uh, in the Eastern Conference is now setting up pretty well if you end up as a seven or the eight seed. So the, the plan's coming together for the Miami heat, but yeah, that's the, the big news coming out of the weekend. I mean, we can, we can just go back to the same update we have on the mellow ball, which is that he's still not back. He's still day to day. You know, he did practice coming out of the break. That seems like a step in the right direction. At, at this point, I'm almost hoping he doesn't come back. You know, I'm still holding him in one league where it just doesn't make sense to drop him. I have an IR spot. Um, it's, it's not going to end up mattering regardless, but I, I want to see more Trey man in this this Charlotte team has actually been, I wouldn't say fun to watch, but they've been a, a better product uh, over the last <laughs> games. They've won four out of five. Uh, they, they they won like the ugliest game of the year. I really hope you did not watch this like I did last night, Alex. Uh, this was a 93-80 to 80 win over the Portland Trailblazers, who scored 34 points at halftime. 34 points. Portland was three of 32 from three. You might be on some sort of like list uh, for watching this game. Uh, 
the league, you know, the NBA should like give you a free year of league pass just for even tuning into this game for for any stretch. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Hornets, I I don't know how they're making things happen. You know, they they and you know, Grant Williams didn't even play well. <laughs> Somehow they get a win without yeah. Grant Williams taking you know four threes. Yeah, they uh, they're going into a tougher part of their schedule uh, coming up here. So we'll we'll see if this could continue. They they play the Bucks back to back games. They got to play at Philly, um, but they have a, a matchup versus Orlando coming up, and and they have a tough finish to their schedule as well. So um, you know, not really a whole lot of reason for for overall optimism with with the Hornets, but you know, like what we're seeing out of Brandon Miller, I think that's been you know one of the if you're kind of scratching and clawing for for high points. This season, you know, the fact that he started to come on, he had 17 points uh, on 18 shots, albeit yesterday against Portland. Um, I, I do want to gloat for a second, Alex. I, I had like the all-time stream yesterday. I, I had to drop, I, I think I dropped Dennis Schroeder in a league and I just needed one fill-in and you know, my options were very limited. It was for like the later games yesterday. I'm like, ah, screw it. I'll grab Nick Richards. 21-10, oh. three blocks, two steals. Yeah, Richards, man. Uh, it was a Richards versus Aiton uh, showdown. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's, he's kind of a, you know, a lot of people, if you pick Nick Richards up on the wrong week, he'll get you like seven points, nine rebounds average. Yeah. And then if you pick him up, you know, during the stretch that you're kind of talking about, so you could also give you 15 and 12. <laughs> um, but yeah, he continues to be just like a solid option for them as Mark Williams seemingly will never come back. Uh, as was jokingly predicted on the show by me, uh, when he was downgraded from doubtful to out. <laughs> yeah. That was that was like mid December. You said that. That's it looking was. pretty good right now. Um, I made a couple of big trades this weekend in the Rotowire Stake League, where I I just oh, I need okay. to move up like three spots uh, to to get into the top half of the league. This is the league where um, you just want to be in the top half. Sixteen teams. You want to be in the top eight. The bottom half of the league has to pay for a very expensive steak dinner plus drinks uh, for the the top half of the league. So I'm I'm a little bit in desperation mode here. I finally offloaded Jaron Jackson. We've been talking about it for over a month at this point, I'm still concerned about a shutdown traded him to our guy, Kirian, who was on the pod on Friday, traded him straight up for Alperin Shangun. Um, I love that for you. Yeah. I, I, I assume Kirian needed blocks. I, I don't, I don't box blocks and threes. Maybe I, I don't know the exact uh, thing. Like I, yeah, well, if you ask me what I would re- go ahead, he's doing better in this league. I think he's in third. So he, he's like, look, I just oh, want okay. upside here. Like Jared Jackson's the better player when they're both at their peak. And he said, he's, he's trying to make a run at, I don't think he can get to number one, but he could get to number two conceivably. Okay. Um, and I, I wanted the safety of Shangun because I, I know you could say the Rockets are like, what are they 12th right now in the West? And you know, they're not that far ahead of Memphis, but I don't think they're shutting it down. Um, you know, that's another team that you know doesn't really have draft pick uh, obligations that you're all that worried about. Like they're, they're sending their first rounder to Oklahoma city and that's only top four protected. So they're not, you know, they're, they're, they're giving that up. Yeah. They're not going to find their way into the bottom four. Um, and I, I just feel better. Like I, I think Jaron Jackson could be shut down literally anytime between now and the end of the season. And I'm also specifically chasing rebounds and, and, and field goal percentage. And Jaron Jackson is not helping me in, in either of those categories right now. So I wanted, I wanted to and I think it made sense for, for what I need. The other trade uh, I, I sent Malik Monk. To, to our guy, Steve Belanda, one of our, our sales guys, traded Malik Monk for Brooke Lopez. Uh, I think that's a pretty fair trade. Um, yeah, Monk. Yeah, Monk had that kind of bad stretch during that during that time that Kevin Herter and Harrison Barnes also happened to get hot. That was really bizarre. But now he's back to playing well. Um, 
you know, Lopez just kind of, he just continues to be Brooke Lopez. Like he'll have his three rebounds, seven point performance, but then he'll get five blocks here or there. Um, you know, I, I think, I mean, on the, um, you know, the per game rankings would tell you, you won this by a lot, but right. of course we're talking about we're this is, I guess, good context for people listening. It's like, we're deep into a Roto league where this is the point in the season where you can be like, I'm really weak in this area. I'm really weak in this area. If I bump up here, I can move up a few spots. Like if you're first in threes by a lot, you can just trade two, three point shooters away and focus on other categories. Yeah. Even if you lose the fantasy value uh, evaluation. Yeah. And I'm punting assists in this league. So that was part of the reason that I was okay. Yeah. okay you know, sending out Malik Monk um, you know, rebounds wise, it's basically a wash, you know, like I would like to get, I'd like to think that Brooke <laughs> Lopez being seven foot one would help me there. Uh, not really the case. Um, but you know, it's a boosted field goal percentage yet. He's actually hitting more threes than Malik Bunk. Uh, so that, you know, that helps as well. That's another category. And then the other, you know, rebounds and blocks are what I was really after most. Um, so, you know, getting the, the two and a half to three blocks a game out of Brooke Lopez down the stretch, uh, should be huge. And again, you know, you can always say that there's you know injury concerns with Lopez. He's been extremely healthy over the last year and a half since the back surgery. Um, but it was it was a move that I felt like I had to make to, to try to chase down uh, you know one of those top eight spots. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, you know, in terms of waivers this weekend, I didn't really do much at all. There's you know, most of my leagues are, are deeper leagues. You know, I mentioned the Nick Richards pickup. That's not going to be long-term necessarily. Nobody did anything too notable. Uh, you know, Kyrian went out and added Royce O'Neal. He had a big game against the Lakers. That's going to be a little bit hit or miss, but I, I get it. Um, you know, especially with seemingly somebody out every single night on the wing for the Suns. 
Um, you know, Cody Martin was picked up. Tumani Kamara uh, was picked up by DJ. Uh, he also added Jonathan Isaac, who looks like he's escaped a major injury. We'll see about that. Um, and I thought it was interesting, James. So James Anderson, who's doing well in, in the stake league, he lost Trey Young. And I, I think he's also okay. he also has a Kung Wu, so he's kind of hurting right now. He went and picked up Kyle Lowry, uh, which tells you where the reliable guard depth is in some of these deeper leagues. Yeah, I um, look, I don't I don't hate the Lowry pickup. I don't. It's it's just good to pick him up and see what happens. That's all I can say. Like if you lost Trey Young, it's like you got to get somebody. Um, and, you know, Melton is back uh, for Philly. So that, you know, that could certainly hurt uh, Lowry once Melton is back to full speed. And um, but. Yeah, I, Lowry's going to hit some threes for you. He's going to get some steals for you. But like you said, you're in a 16-team league. Available guards are – you may as well just stream at that point. Mm-hmm. Just stream whoever's got four games. Yeah, a couple, couple sympathizers here in the chat. George says, I can't believe I'm losing the best fantasy player on my team, Trey Young. Our sympathies, George, go out to you and anybody uh, who's rostering Trey Young. I mean – We've said this before, Alex, but really this has been a pretty good season injury-wise, right? Like if, if you took LaBello, that was kind of the big one that probably sunk your team if you took him inside the top 15, which most people did, if not higher. Uh, but other than that, it's like so many of the guys that I was completely staying away from, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, LeBron, Anthony Davis, it's like for the most part, a lot of those injury-prone players have had close to best-case season so far. Yeah, I'm trying to do a quick uh, – trying to do a quick – search here on like games played obviously we have the Embiid situation yeah yeah Jimmy Butler has missed a decent amount of time but you're right I mean I'm looking I'm, I'm just scrolling through like win shares per 48 and looking at, at games played Mobley missed a stretch you know Kyrie is in and out always but you're right I mean a lot of these guys on this list have played at least 45 games up to this point which is exactly the kind of thing that you want uh coming out of the all-star break is they're in place to play 65 which is as we say like that's just what you need. Like, if you get 65 games out of almost anybody in the NBA these days, you can't even be mad about it. You're just like, yeah, it's pretty, like, average outcome. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at just, like, the top of the ADP board going back to the beginning of the year. And, you know, obviously you have Trey Young, but, you know, we're, like, 50-plus games into the season. It's a little different when something like this happens late. And, obviously, you know, it kills you right before the fantasy playoffs. So I'm not, you know, saying it's not a big deal. Uh, but, at, you know, at least you banked a good two-thirds of the season from him. Same with Embiid brutal uh you're probably doing really well in your league if you have Joel Embiid and you know now you're just in limbo there but other than that I mean just about everybody who was drafted in like the top 25 to 30 picks has been pretty healthy you know LaMelo of course would be the other one um you know it's like there's some guys have underperformed like McCall Bridges that's been a disappointment Siakam has been a slight disappointment but you have the guys like Kyrie you know even Carl Anthony Towns it feels like every other year has missed a ton of time he's been healthy Markkanen's been healthy. You know, the Celtics guys have all been healthy. Jalen Brunson, DeRozan, um, you know, even Jared Jackson, who's been a big injury risk. It's been disappointing for other reasons, but he's been healthy. Zion Williamson, of all people, has stayed healthy. Yeah. Yep, he has. Um, you know, Baines missed some time. Uh, Aiton, overall disappointment, also has missed some time. Simons hasn't been healthy. That's Simon, Simons killed me uh, in, in one league. In our yeah. stake league, I had Simons. That, that was really bad for me. Uh, Cause he was projected to be, I think my best player. Uh, and that was, that was bad, but you're right. You're right. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't want to go out on a limb and be like, it's the 65 game rule. That's why everybody's playing yeah. now. I think it's just one of those years. It's just, you know, sometimes you get lucky. 
So I mentioned trading Jaron Jackson straight up for Shangun. I also sent you an offer in that league uh, straight up for Jared Allen. And I, I sent it kind of late. So I don't, I don't even know if you saw it necessarily before, before it expired. But did you consider that one? Uh, what was your thought on that as a potential deal? So I, I saw it. And then I wasn't like, I was just like, I'm, I'm going to bed, uh, <laughs> which is what if anybody sends me like a, a, something fantasy related after 10 PM, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wake up tomorrow. Yeah, I was, I was in the lab last night. Yeah. A hundred percent understandable. But I, I went through the same mindset that probably like you and I have talked so much about Jaron Jackson that I'm not going to be that guy who trades for him. <laughs> no disrespect to you, but I understand why you sent it to me because you know, if I need help in blocks or threes or something like that, then yeah, I would. It's it's something I have to consider, but Allen has still been playing too well. Like ever since Mobley went out, Allen's taken a step up, and it hasn't it hasn't really decreased since Mobley came back. So uh, it, I, I just ultimately wasn't going to do it. Yeah, James says he just traded Jaron Jackson for Jimmy Butler. Sure, I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, obviously Butler's missed so much time that there, there feels like some risk there, but there's no shutdown risk with Jimmy Butler. I mean, Miami's going to be scratching and clawing to stay out of the play-in. So I, I like that deal and. If you look at total value, there's like 45 spots between those guys. But I, I think we know who Jimmy Butler is when he's in there. Um, so I, I think, I mean, getting someone of Jimmy Butler's caliber, Shangun's caliber, for somebody who is as much of a shutdown risk as we believe Jaron Jackson to be, I, I think that's a, a totally fine deal. Uh, good question here from George. He says, hey, Nick and Alex, what's up, man? Uh, just lost Trey and a Kungwu in a nine-cat, 12-team head-to-head. Playoffs start next week, and he'll be either first or second. For his bottom three bench spots, he says he's holding Desumu and Scoot Henderson. Last spot, should I stream or hold one of the following players? Olinick, Hunter, or Keontae George? Um, Yeah, so Hunter, is that DeAndre Hunter? I would assume so. It's, it could be okay. RJ Hunter, but probably DeAndre. <laughs> yeah, I mean, De- it's, uh, DeAndre Hunter is a little more interesting now that, that Trey Young is out and he's had like I don't know. I mean, he's double-digit scoring in seven straight games, which for DeAndre Hunter, that's pretty significant. Um, I don't think you can drop Keontae. He just has too much upside as like an assist guy. Um, his scoring's been pretty good lately. Olenek, you know, Olenek's great per minute, but his role has kind of fluctuated lately. He's If he can get 20 minutes, eventually he's going to put something together for you. But I wouldn't hate the idea of dropping either probably dropping Olenek to stream other guys in, but wait, what do you think, Nick? Well, you know what I'm saying. Do, do you have to roster Scoot? Do, does, does he, oh, well. you know, Scoot versus Keontae George to me, like, I think I'd rather have Keontae George at this point. Um, you know, I know Portland said, yeah, Scoot's going to start the rest of the year. And then he made one start before the break and hasn't played since. So it's not like that's thought to be too long-term of an injury, but he's missed two in a row with an inductor. I don't think Scoot is a shutdown risk. We'll talk more about that later in the pod. Um, but yeah, I'm not I'm not really thrilled about Olinic. It's been pretty up and down so far in, in what's ultimately a, a fairly small sample size in Toronto. Um, you know, at most he's gonna play like 21, 22 minutes. Um, you know, and you, you said you're in a 12 team league. So I, I you know, that's a little underwhelming. Um I, I think I would hold Desumu, George, and Hunter. That's where I would lean. But I don't mind streaming yeah. either. I mean, if you're going into the playoffs, like it's pretty nice to have a streaming spot open. Yeah, he, he George also has a Keontae or Scoot. Yeah. Um, to me, that's pretty close. I mean, Scoot's gonna kill you in the turnover category and the field goal percentage category. Like 
Keontae is not uh, a field goal percentage god either, right? He's going to hurt you there, but he at least keeps the turnovers under control. It really just depends. I mean, it. I, you know, I, I hate to like put the onus on on people, be like whether you just believe Scoot's going to be better or not. Yeah, because you know, it it's just it it ultimately comes down to that whether you believe it. I don't know if I necessarily believe it. Um, he's made nine starts since the new year, shooting thirty five percent from the field. 5.6 assists to 3.6 turnovers, 14 points. Like he can yeah. be better. I, I I just don't know. They're really, really comparable in a lot of ways, especially if you just look at the last month when Scoot started to play a little bit better. Um, but I, I think it's a debate for sure. And, you know, part of it is maybe what you need. Like Keontae George is going to give you, I think, more consistent steals. Like you said, he's going to be better field goal percentage wise. And we're talking like 42% versus 37%. Um, so it kind of depends how much that matters to you. I do right. think Scoot has more assists upside, right? That's part of it. Um, and Keontae George is going to give you more threes as well. Scoot, still not a very good three-point shooter whatsoever. Um, he says he is punting He is punting field goal percentage as he has a guard-heavy team. So, okay, if you're punting field goal percentage, then that becomes even closer. And, and yeah, Scoot, I think, is excusable. Um, or maybe that's not even the right word. Uh, a viable option, we'll say, yeah. over Keontae George. But um, wouldn't really feel bad about streaming that spot either. I mean, we're, we're ultimately talking about two rookie guards who tend to be really shaky game to game. Um, best ad for the rest of the week, asks Jason. Fontecchio, Hendricks, Dort, Giddy, Josh Green, Ben Matherin, or Norm Powell? Okay, we got a lot of options here. Uh, we do. I I, don't, I have to apologize. I don't know the game count for a lot of these guys. I, uh, so I, I have the schedule up. We have a great page over at Rotowire um, where you can see the breakdown. You can customize, you know, when your league starts and stops um, in terms of counting games. This week is it's a three game week for most teams. I think there's only like 12 teams that have a four game week. Uh, Utah is is a team that has a three game week. So if if you view these all relatively equally, then you know maybe you could cross out. Taylor Hendricks, OKC also has a three-game week. Uh, that applies to Dort and Giddy. Dallas has a four-game week. Indiana has a four-game week. And that may be it. The Clippers play three games. Detroit also plays four. So the four-game guys are Fontecchio, Green, and Matherin. So, here, well, I'll, I'll bring this up for Matherin. It's worth mentioning it anyways. Um, started two straight games with Aaron Neesmith out. Yep. Uh, Neesmith is not playing today against Toronto and, and Matherin has had two very good games, like very good games, uh, averaging 15 points, nine rebounds, five assists, huge for Matherin, five assists and two steals. So I might, I might lean on Matherin by default. If he's got four games and we don't know hundred percent when Neesmith is coming back, um, mm -hmm. that might be my, that might be my answer. He also hasn't even shot it that well in those games. He's five of 14 no. in both games, you know, 10, uh, 10 of 28 overall. So I think there's room for improvement there. Uh, you look at Fontecchio, He's been pretty good too. I mean, you still worry night to night about the Pistons either getting completely blown off the floor to the point that James Wiseman is is playing in the fourth quarter or, yeah. you know, the rotations just changing on the whim of Monty Williams. They play on the road at the Knicks and the Bulls the next two nights. They're off Wednesday, Thursday. Then they have Cleveland and Orlando. So that's not really in a, they have four games, but these are not great matchups. Like none of these are good fantasy matchups at all. You have like the best defense in the league in Cleveland. You got low-scoring, slow-paced teams in Orlando and Chicago. Same goes for the Knicks. Um, you know, Fontecchio, I, I think if you're just looking for points and threes, that's going to be fine, should be sustainable. Uh, but I, I think you're right. I, I think Matherin might be the move here uh, with a four-game week for for Indy. 
Uh, Ian says he needs to drop one for a streaming spot in a nine cat 16 team league. Should he drop Bruce Brown or Anyeka Akungwu? Um, as we mentioned, Akungwu is injured right now. He's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. So, you know, obviously I like him a lot more than Bruce Brown, but this could also be something that ends up spanning a month. So if you're, if you're talking streaming in the immediate future, I think you probably have to drop a Kungu. Yeah. Kieran and I got a question on Friday about Bruce Brown. Uh, Bruce Brown is just not doing anything. He just really isn't like he's a hundred percent droppable in almost every single league. Um, maybe not 16 teamers. So, but yeah, it is made more difficult by Okongwu's injury. Um, you can honestly just drop both and stream both spots, and you might do better than where to just hang on to both of them. But yeah, uh, six sixteen team league, so that's tough. Our guy Matt Carmody says Tasumu and DeAndre Hunter are on waivers. Would you drop Amen Thompson or Alex's favorite player Marvin Bagley to pick up either of those head to head points league? Yeah, I you know I was actually on the Friday pod sort of encouraging people to consider picking up Amen, even though because. People had dropped him. Obviously, Fred Van Vliet came back. But then Amen played 28 minutes and 33 minutes in back-to-back games. Now, he only played 21 minutes against OKC last night. So that's a bit concerning, though he still had two steals and three blocks. Um, meanwhile, for Bagley, uh, is not seeing as many minutes, you know, consistent minutes as you would hope or want. It's not even really due to foul trouble. There's some blowouts. They're playing, like, uh, they're playing some Omar Rui. They're yeah. doing Rashawn Holmes once in a while. Um, would I drop either of them for for Io Desunmu or Hunter? I think I would drop Bagley for Desunmu. To me, that seems pretty safe. Yeah, I mean, the Wizards have just gotten completely hammered these last two games, so it's almost hard to take those seriously, although that might be the case going forward. I think they're 11-point dogs tonight uh, against the Knicks. Um or no, they're not playing the Knicks. I don't know who they're playing, but they're they're big. Oh, they didn't even play tonight. I, I don't even. I'm talking about. I'm thinking about the Pistons. Um, so <laughs> Mar- Marvin Bagley, Pistons erasure on right. my mind. Uh, no, I, I think you're right with Desumu, man. I mean, it. I don't see the minutes really cooling off. I mean, it's it's almost like the ghost of Tibbs is still coaching this Bulls team. I mean, he's played 39, 39, 33, 41, 39 over the last four games. Uh, he started now ten of the last eleven. He's averaging 16, four and a half, three, one steal shooting over 50% from three on a pretty high volume of attempts, almost six per game in that span. So I would, I would definitely pick up to Um And yeah, I mean, dropping a man versus Bagley to me that it's a points league. So yeah, you know, the, maybe the defensive numbers from a man, not quite True. as valuable. Yeah. I, I should, I should, I should revise my answer because I, I neglected to read it was a points league. I would, it's close between Ahmed and Bagley. But in a, Bagley's way better in a points league relative, like to a category league. Um, mm. Like even though his minutes have fluctuated over the past five games, he's averaging 32 fantasy points in 26 minutes. So, um, you know, you don't have to drop him to add uh, Dasunmu, but I think it's safer to have Dasunmu compared to Bagley is how I'll phrase that. Yeah. James asks, Cam Whitmore, Bilal Koulibaly, or Grady Dick? for what some have called silly season at the end of the year. Well, yeah, I was looking this up the other day, Alex, for the Roadwire NBA show on Sirius XM NBA. Cam Whitmore has a higher usage rate than Paul George this season. <laughs> so even, even on nights when he's playing 17 minutes, like he did against OKC last night, he's going to be getting shots up. That's not going to be a problem for Cam Whitmore. I, I don't know if we see Tari Eason again 
no timetable for return. That was the the note uh, over the weekend. I wouldn't really worry about that anymore. Um, but you know, I, I think Ahmed Thompson has been the priority over Cam Whitmore, which is, which again is fine because you know Whitmore can still give you 25 points in 21 minutes, like he did against Toronto a couple weeks ago. I I think he he would be my guy of these three. I have not. I've just not been in there on Koulibaly all year. Like I long-term I'm, I'm you know, willing to, to see it through. He's also out right now uh, dealing with a, a right pelvis injury. Don't see a, a whole lot of those. Um, and, you know, even the games that he started this season, and we'll, we'll take the, the game against Cleveland out when he got hurt seven starts, he's averaging 10 points, four rebounds, 1.6 assists, one steal, 38% from the field, 24% from three. I just, I don't really see it with him. Yeah. Koulibaly, I mean, he's gotten like he's had a couple good games. Like I, I just he's 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 been in various different roles, right? He started some games. He's come off the bench. Uh, Jordan Poole's been in the lineup. It's just cool. he never really steps up. I think in the way people want him to. He hasn't really shown an ability to like up his playmaking. Uh, he's not a high usage guy. His steals and blocks are good, but they're not elite. So I'm not really a Koulibaly guy, to be honest. Uh, I think I'm kind of out on that. Grady Dick. It's just going to be a threes guy. I mean, I know he can do a little bit more than that, but within the context of this roster, um, I don't think so. So yeah, I'm on Whitmore. Even though the 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 Rockets are the team between these three that are least likely to give up. Um, yeah. Whitmore, I think, is just going to keep playing 20 minutes a game and keep scoring like 15 points. Uh, all right, Nemhard or McConnell uh, as a, a better pickup in. Uh, what I what I hope is a deeper league here. So we're choosing between two pacers. Nemhard has been a regular starter. Yeah, obviously Aaron Nesmith being out has has helped him a little bit in the short term, starting to play closer to, to 32, 33 minutes a game. Um, and McConnell just you know kind of got a limited life, just backing up Tyrese Halliburton. I eh, it, it depends on what you need assist to me, but I think I would lean Nemhard. I would lean Nemhard because the assists are close and Nemhard is getting way more minutes consistently. Yeah. But I, I advised, I, I said, if you're in a 16 team league, I mean, Nemhard's probably not available, but McConnell probably is. Like, I think, I think McConnell should 100% be rostered in all 16 team leagues. It's too many assists. It's five assists per game. I don't care about how low the minutes are. It's just, it's been consistent. Yeah. I, I would vote Nemhard here, but no, you're right. You're right. I mean, McConnell, even when he goes out and plays 15 minutes, he's still giving you five or six assists. Uh, Nemard, by the way, has been been piling up steals lately. Uh, he's got eight steals over his last four games. So that's something you would normally think more about with McConnell, but he, he's been pretty decent there. Um, all right, good question here. This will this will lead us into one of our bigger picture topics. Are the Jazz a potential shutdown team, uh, and and should we trade away Laurie Markkinen? We want to touch on you know some of the biggest shutdown candidates league wide right now, and. Yeah, the Jazz are interesting, man. This is two years in a row with this team where it just kind of feels like. The season is, is waffled back and forth between are we pushing for a playoff spot? Are we not pushing for a playoff spot? As we've said a number of times, they owe a top 10 protected pick to OKC. So it depends how much they care about that, really. That's what it comes down to for me. And they're they're in uh, in 11th in the race for the worst record. Yes. Um, above, they have 27 wins compared to Atlanta's 25, Houston's 25. Who think I think they could theoretically get below both those teams and, and slide into ninth. Um, is he a shutdown candidate? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's on the table. They've been terrible lately. Uh, they had like a weird revival and now they're back to being bad four and eight over the past month. Um, horrible on defense. They bench watcher Kessler, Walker Kessler again. I would, 
I would trade marketing if you could get comparable value. I think that'd be the safest thing to do. Yeah. Okay. So outside of marketing, are we worried about Walker Kessler? Are we worried about Colin Sexton when it comes to Utah? I am not that worried about Kessler because I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure um, Will Hardy thinks that Kessler is a winning player. Like I don't, I don't know what Will Hardy even thinks about Walker Kessler anymore. I think he's, he's young enough and sort of been in and out of the lineup enough where I think he'll just play. Uh, Sexton's a little bit of a different story. You know, I could see him getting shut down if they want to do the tail and Horton Tucker thing again, Bryce sense ball, maybe put him in the rotation. They give Kyra Lewis a shot. Uh, I think I'd be more actually more worried about Sexton getting shut down than Kessler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, you know, in Portland, I think Malcolm Brogdon's the obvious one, right? They're, they're saying he could return anytime now. I, I would imagine he, like if you gave me over under 0.5 games played, I think he plays again this season, but I, I think the phantom injury or maybe a real injury is coming for him. I, I think he's going to be shut down at some point. Um, you know, do you worry about Simons as somebody who has him in some leagues? I, yeah, I'm a little worried about Simons. Not, um, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm like panicking about him because I do think it will actually be difficult for Portland to slide into like third worst record. You have 15 wins. San Antonio has 11. Um, well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You just got to be in the bottom four. Right. Exactly. Um, so I, again, if you could trade him and get comparable value for a guy, you're confident will play the rest of the year. Yeah. Do that. But most people in your league are kind of going to understand why you're trying to offload him. So his value is going to be artificially low. So the Nets as a shutdown team, I'm not super worried about them because like we said earlier, their, their pick is gone. That's unprotected to Houston. Uh, got a new coach in there, you know, trying to to kind of prove himself and, and maybe keep that job next year. Um, I'm not really worried about Brooklyn, you know, Toronto, Charlotte, those, those are our teams that will come up. Um, you know, the Raptors draft wise, they owe a top six protected pick to San Antonio. Um, again, they're going to have a, a pretty yeah. tough time feeling good about that one, not conveying, but they could get close. You know, Memphis has 20 wins. They have 21. Uh, they, they could, they could actually, they, they could actually pull this off. So Toronto is a good one. Are we, are we worried about Scotty Barnes, Yaka Pirtle, uh, any of their veterans? I, I would be a little worried, especially if I mean Memphis, you know, put it out, out an update the other day and they're like, we're still gonna try to get Bain and Smart back. You know, that's I okay. You know, Toronto has to I mean, I don't think they will, to be honest, but I Toronto has to be hoping and praying that those guys actually see the floor and push Memphis up the standings. But yeah, I mean, I would be worried if if I was rostering anybody from Toronto because they are so close to that that pick, um uh that that protected pick zone. So yeah, again, if you got Barnes, whoever else on that roster, I would I would look to see if any buggy on your team wants them or any your league wants them. And I know there's this narrative out here that oh, this is a bad draft. You know, teams are already looking ahead to 2025. We we go through this exercise like once every few years. A, a quote unquote bad draft comes up. There will be guys. There will be guys who turn into really good players. It happens in every single draft. There's never a draft where just nobody's good. That's literally never happened in any sport ever. Uh, so I, I'm just not buying that narrative. Like I, I just. I don't buy like Toronto is like, oh, they're, they're fine. Just handing over the seventh pick to San Antonio. I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. No, um, you have to, you have to take a shot. You never know. Even if you don't necessarily like a guy you lot, there's, you know, there are surprises every single year. So it's, it's worth having a, a shot in the dark.
and and you know you could trade that pick right you you at least want to be in possession of the pick to do something with it so yeah i'm not i'm not buying this bad drafting there's there will be believe me come late june we'll be fired up about like 10 different guys it happens every single cycle um all right admiral nita says thoughts on chris middleton keep or drop when he comes off of ir uh he'd be dropping him to pick up either Keontae, paul reed or draymond um I mean, I, I still really like Middleton uh, as a player. It's just, he really can't get healthy, man. It's, it's, uh, it's tough. I mean, he's, he's better than all those guys in fantasy when he's healthy and when he's playing 30 minutes. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's not even really close to me, um, but are, uh, do do you have a strong lean on this? Well, the way the question is phrased, you know, it's keep or drop when he comes off of IR you know, it's like I if you're gonna wait that long for him to come off anyway, you might as well see it through with Middleton, I think. Yeah. Um, or at least see what they do minutes wise. Like if this turns into another thing where it takes him a month to be back to playing 32 minutes a game and the Bucks just want him healthy for the playoffs, then yeah, you're you're it's probably gonna be a losing value. I mean, I Draymond's the interesting one to me. Like we talked about Keontae George, the pluses, the minuses there. Paul Reed, you know, kind of is what it is. But I mean, Draymond's been like a top 50 guy since he came back from the suspension. So that one to me would be interesting if you if you don't want to play the waiting game with Middleton. Yeah, I mean Draymond, Draymond continues to be a, clearly a top 100 player in fantasy. You mentioned he's averaging 10, 8, and 6 with like two steals and blocks combined um, in February. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't hate the idea of, you know, moving off of Middleton to get any of those guys. But I think I, like you, like Nick said, I just want to see what the Bucks do with Middleton's minutes. Because if Middleton's playing 30 minutes, he's going to be better than all those guys. Uh, he also said Trey Mann would be an option to pick up. Does that change the conversation at all? Um, no, Middleton still projects to be better than Trey Mann. So I just wouldn't do it um, for him. Like Trey Mann's very good. We don't know about LaMelo. That's not really the point. I mean, Trey, Young, Trey Mann's averaging five assists. So does Middleton when he's healthy. Um, uh, and Middleton's giving you twice as many points. So, yeah. Sticking with that, Jay Sizzle says, I want to drop Trey Mann for Io DeSumo in a nine-cat, 10-team head-to-head league. Is this a good move or no? The, you know, the the overall ratings would say that Trey Mann has been a little bit better than DeSumo, um, you know, depending on how far you go out. If you if you isolate the last 30 days, it's, it would be better to have DeSumo. Um, you know, over the last couple of weeks, you know, when, when Trey Mann has actually been playing real minutes, that becomes a bit more of a debate, but I would I would take Desumu either way here. I, I think there's still some variability with Trey Mann. It's a terrible team. They they're like struggling to get close to scoring 100 points a lot of nights. Like he's leaving assists on the table because nobody can hit shots. And there's still this specter of Lamelo Ball potentially coming back at some point and messing all this up. Yes, I mean they're you know uh, if, if you want to make the argument. Either way, I think the debate with what we agree on is they're fairly equal fantasy players right now as things stand. But Dasunmu doesn't have this like negative thing, sort of like this potential dark cloud hanging over him in the future. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, man might be over his head a little bit in terms of like, you know, his steals production, uh, for example, that could come down yeah. where I, I'm more confident, even even his efficiency in general. Like this is his best efficiency year by far, taking on an increased role yeah. that could cool off. So I'd rather have Tasunmu. Yeah, I mean Tasunmu shooting 50% from the field on the year, not just you know since Levine went down or anything like that. I mean, I, I just think it's going to be a much safer bet. Uh, there's going to be nights where you probably regret it, but I, I think Tasunmu to me is the pretty clear answer. 
Uh, James says, Royce O'Neal, is he worth a roster spot? Uh, yeah, we mentioned he was picked up in, in the Rotowire Stake League, 16 teams. I mean, he just had his best game of the year. So it's a good time to ask this question. 20 points, 10 boards, four assists, two steals and a block uh, in a win over the Lakers yesterday. He did hit six threes in that game. Uh, that's not something he's done since late November. You know, the three-point shooting tends to come and go with him. Uh, you know, Phoenix was without Eric Gordon and Bradley Beal. So that's that's the bigger factor to me. I think, um, well, I mean, Beal, Beal's an injury risk and so is Durant. And O'Neal has been a good fill-in for a lot of his career for for guys. He can do a variety. He can pass. He can rebound. He can defense everything. Um, it's just very, very low usage. I think in a 16-team league, yeah, go ahead and pick him up. I, if you're in a 12-team league, I just there's at best he's a streamer on a four-game week. Dennis asks, should I drop Trey Murphy to stream his spot or keep him rostered in a 12-teamer? Uh, this is tough. We got to put our Trey Murphy bias aside. I absolutely love Trey Murphy oh. and would, would love to be rostering him in, in some of my deeper leagues. It's it's been a little frustrating, man. I mean, the, the minutes have been there lately. Uh, you know, the shooting has not been there for him. He went, he's gone three of nine, one of seven, two of 10, three of nine, one of five from three in his last five games. I mean, my fear here is you drop him and then, you know, this is the, this upcoming week is when that all reverses. Right. I, you know, I, I was hoping the all-star break, he'd come out of the all-star break and it, it, he would, he would start shooting better immediately, you know, cause he started the year with a meniscus injury. And I think that's affected his, uh, his efficiency. I look, I would love to hang on to him. I prefer to hang on to him. His defense has actually been great lately. Um, past uh, six games, he has at least one steal, one block. Um, I think, look, I we talked about at the top of the show, Zion has been very healthy all year. Ingram has been pretty healthy this season. Uh, but both of those guys remain significant injury risks. There's no reason they can't get hurt within the next month, yeah. one or both of them. And then Trey Murphy you know, takes an extra five to six shots a game. So I'm going to go counter to that and say that I would stream the spot because the Pelicans have four three-game weeks in their next five. They have one four-game yeah. week, and that is the week of March 18th. So if if he's, you know, one of your final starters or, you know, maybe a bench guy some weeks anyway, are you really feeling great about throwing him out there when it's basically nothing but three-game weeks coming up? Like, I, I think he might be better off just streaming a four gamer each week going forward. Um, and by the way, next week, the Brooklyn Nets have five games. So if you can, if you can grab a net out there um, for a five game week, that would, that would be the way I would lean. But yeah, the schedule is not great for him, you know, coming up for the next month plus. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I don't think this is like a league winning or league losing move. Um, but a lot of people, you know, a lot of people dropped um, Cam Johnson at some point. If yeah. you can stream in Cam Johnson on a five game week and drop Trey Murphy, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say that's like a bad decision. Yeah. I mean, five game weeks are extremely rare uh, these days. We used to see a, a few more of those, you know, when the schedule was a bit more compact, but that is, that's kind of a godsend. Uh, Cam Johnson right now, trying to see his roster rate, 76% rostered in Yahoo. So one out of four leagues, uh, he might be out Weird. there for you. Uh, all right. Matt says, what are your thoughts on stashing healthy players on IR? If you have a buy or playoff spot locked up, takes away your ability to stream. I, I, feel, I mean, in most leagues that I play in, you can't really do this, right? They have to be IR eligible. Um, No, I, 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 I think in our ESPN league, you can, you can have a guy hang out in IR. Oh, really? Okay. Healthy. 
Yeah. He has to have been placed there when he was hurt, but you don't have to activate him until you feel like it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, what are, I, what are your, my thoughts on it? I, go ahead, do it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Is it, is this like a question? Like, do people think it's a, like a, a bad move? Like it breaks a code or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't I think so. Do it. I, I think if you could do it, you do it. That's what I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if, if that gives you a little bit more flexibility, I mean, you're obviously in a, in a pretty good spot here if you're thinking about doing that. So uh, no, if anybody gives you any grief in your league, just send them to us and we'll, we'll, we'll set them yeah. straight. Um, George points out that uh, regarding Trey Mann, Charlotte does have a two game week in week 20. Uh, so that is something to keep an eye on. You know, I, to be honest, I don't, I don't do a whole lot of like, you know, four or five weeks out, you know, looking at the schedule. Um, this, I, maybe I have bigger fish to fry in my leagues, which means I have, I have ground to make up, but yeah, if you're sitting in first or second and you, you have the luxury of time to, to look into that stuff. Absolutely. But I still, I still like that alone to me would not push me in favor of man over, over IO. If, if anything, that's more ammo for the Desubu camp. Right. I think, well, it's hard, you know, it's hard for us to give blanket advice on um, like how many games a team has in a specific week in the future, because late in the year, all of these weeks have different relevance to everybody. Like we could give you advice about like weeks 10 through 15, because everybody, it's the same for everybody, but some leagues end, some leagues are going to end like March 15th. Some leagues are going to end April 1st. Some leagues are going to end and end it. So they all have different weights. So you got to check that on your own, but it's a, a good info. All right, it's Jordan Goodwin time on the Roadwire Fantasy Basketball Pod. Any thoughts on Goodwin now that he has a two-way deal in Memphis? Yeah, I mean he, you know, he didn't play in their last game against the against the Clippers. I, I think that was more of a contractual issue, you know. And then obviously the next day they signed him to yeah. that that two-way. Um, so I, I think that was it's not like he just got dropped from the rotation. Memphis is such a mess. Um, you know, if you're if you're in a deeper league, I think he's worth looking into. I mean, he, he played two pretty good games back to back. One he started, one he came off the bench. The one he started was that disaster game for the Bucks before the break, by the way. Um, but yeah, I mean, in addition to all the the usuals who are out for Memphis, like John Conchar is banged up now. He's not going to play tonight. I, I think part of this comes down to like, do you act? Do we actually believe the Grizzlies that you know Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart, they're going to be back out there when healthy? Uh I don't really believe them. I just, I just, my own personal, the way I, I treat it, I just act like they're not coming back. And you can, you could, it, there's only so much like debate you can do in your own head about like, are these guys coming back? Is this a lie? So I don't, I just act like they aren't because I think it would be stupid. Um, as far as like Goodwin, yeah, he signed a two way deal, but it's so late in the year that he should be, I think he should, is basically going to be eligible to play the rest of the year with the parent squad. Um, yeah. Uh, what, what do we think about him? I really like him. I mean, last year with Washington, I mean, you may have had to be a little deep in the weeds in fantasy, but he was actually ranked 89th per minute in fantasy last year with the Wizards. Had some really good streaming weeks with Bradley Beal out, I think it was. Um, and you know, he's like basically for his career per 36, he's been like, you know, 13 points, five assists, one and a half steals. That's great. You get some blocks as well. And I think he could see increase the most usage of his career in this role. Is he going to play 36 minutes? Probably not, but pick him up. Here's a good question and kind of ties into what we're talking about with Bain. Uh, Tori Thompson says, I'm number one in my league with a cushion, 10-teamer. Uh, someone dropped Desmond Bain. Would you claim him and stash him on IR, or is it even worth it? It, it depends who your last guy is, I guess, to me. Um, you know, if you, I don't know, let's say you have like Anyeka Kungwu, and now you don't know what's going on with him. Then yeah, I mean I 
if you're number one with a cushion and you're not dropping somebody of real consequence, which in a 10 team league, you probably are. Um, I would think about it. I mean, that, like if you're number one and adding Desmond Bain basically makes you invincible and he comes back, it, it's certainly something to consider, but I just, I don't know if we could bank on it. This feels 50, 50 at best. And even if he comes back, is he playing all the way through game 82? Is he playing a full minutes load? Uh, to me, it hundred percent comes down to who you're dropping. If you don't have to drop anybody, if you're picking him up, I mean, I, I, it's, some leagues are going to be different. Some guys, you're not get, some leagues, you're not going to be able to pick a guy up and put him immediately in your IR. You have to pick a guy up, put him at, you have him on your bench, and then you have to insert him into the IR. But uh, yeah. yeah, like Nick said, if you're not dropping anybody of consequence, you know, if the re- if your whole bench is healthy, you're not going to have any issues starting anybody. Yeah, I have no issues with that move. Yeah, uh, I should clarify. It's a good point. I mean, if if you could just grab him and put him directly into IR, and you have nobody else there, then yeah, I don't see any downside to doing that. But yeah, if you have to. If you have to pick him up, drop somebody to to in order for the transaction to go through in a 10-team league, that that becomes a little dicey. Anything deeper than that, um, yeah, I think it's worth the risk. Um, all right, Dennis says, Grayson Allen or Cameron Johnson? Any 12-teamer worried about Cam's low minutes? Fair concern. Uh, I mean, if you're just tuning in, we did mention Brooklyn has a five-game week coming up. So that would, that would be the week to roster or even stream Cam Johnson. In general, though, I, I think I'd rather have Grayson Allen. In general, I would rather have Grayson Allen. I mean, there's a chance that you can get best of both worlds streaming Cam Johnson. Is it next week that they have the five games or two weeks from now? Yes, I believe so. I think it's next week. Okay. Streaming Cam Johnson next week for five games, drop him, and then pick up Grayson Allen. I think there's like the ideal move. Yeah. But I agree. Grayson Allen's better long term. Galaxy brain waiver wire. We love it. Um, Tori says, I'm going to drop Bojan anyway because he's full. Um, not much of a risk, but I'd hate to not be able to use the IR slots in case I need them. You know, I would say in, unless your league has some weird IR settings, like you, if you need them, then you just drop Bane, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't. In a 10-team league, Bogdanovich at this point is just, he's a streamer. He's not yeah. He's not really anybody of consequence, yeah. Okay. Uh, another Bane-related question. Do, would, you, would you drop Malcolm Brogdon? For Bane. So basically a swap uh, of IL spots. Uh I don't think I would actually. I, I think Brogdon has a better chance of coming back this season that uh, sooner. Sooner than yeah. Bane. Um and either it like I think we don't we don't want to get necessarily obsessed or not obsessed. We we don't want to lock into the idea that Bane's gonna come back and play like 35 minutes a game and take like 25 shots. It's possible Bane comes back the last two weeks of the year, plays like 18 to 25 minutes a game. It's just out there running around, like trying not to get hurt. And then he's basically as good as anybody else you could have off the waiver wire. All right. Last one here from Jason getting it in under the gun. He said, should I make a trade here? My nine team category league team is Murray Capella. Uh, so Keegan Murray. All right. Wait, I, I think I, all right, we got to start over here. Click Capella. Murray, Jamal Murray, Tyler Hero, Ben Matherin, Brooke Lopez, Christophs Porzingis. Um, I don't know, might have a, a copy and paste issue here, uh, but he's saying, should I make a trade? Basically, um, really hard to say uh, based on you know just looking at a roster. Um, you know, you're I guess a, a little bit guard heavy, but then you got you know Capella, Lopez, and Porzingis. You have no uh, wings. <laughs> yeah, really. If anything, yeah, you might you might have trouble finding some some forward eligibility. Uh yeah. I mean, if 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 there's a trade to make, I think you probably want to make a trade for a like a forward who gets some steals, maybe. 
I don't think yeah. you're getting any steals production from your guys. So that would just very, very quick reaction on that. Yeah. All right. Final one. We'll talk a Brooklyn Nets question. DFS or uh, Sharp, Dayron Sharp. Uh, and he's saying over Derek Lively in a 10-team, oh. nine-cat league. So we'll, we'll rope in the, the Lively part of this as well. Uh, because that is interesting, you know, with the with the additions that they made at the deadline. So basically, Finney Smith, Sharp, or Derek Lively? Uh, I don't need to. I, we don't need to be rostering Finney Smith, I don't think. No. Um, Lively hasn't played 20 minutes since he returned from his, from his nose injury, and Gafford's been there, so that's obviously a concern. That's usually where Sharp hangs around, too. Um, you know, he's he's been playing in, like, the 10 to 15-minute range lately, but I think Sharp... Sharp is a better per minute producer than Lively. The question is, is Sharp even going to like Sharp's minutes have been up and down all year. Um, if you need the pure upside, I actually think it's Sharp is the move. I would, I would add Sharp if you just need a bunch of upside, but if you're in a fine spot and you want to play it safe, I think I would just keep Lively. Yeah. I You're in a 10 team league, right? So I feel like there should be better options out there, right? Than any Probably. of these guys. I mean, I wouldn't feel good about picking these guys up in like a fourteen oh, but, team league. But if they okay, but is this a but for the five game week? Oh, oh, right, right, right. Okay, good question. It's like, all right, that this makes significantly more sense. Yes. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you have to go with one of the nets then, and yeah, I think in that case, then sharp. I would, I would go sharp. I'm not, I'm just not fired up about what we've seen from Vinny Smith. All right, guys, great questions as always. Covered a lot of ground here. Appreciate everybody chiming in. In the chat, this will be archived on YouTube. We'll throw the timestamps in there. You can click through, listen to whatever you want. Uh, please like, subscribe to the channel, follow us over at Rotowire NBA. Uh, follow the at Rotowire account as well. You can follow me at W H A one E N. You can follow Barutha uh, at Barutha Alex. You can now see it on the screen for some reason that was not there the entire time. Uh, but we appreciate everybody listening, watching along the season. These have been super fun. Uh, we'll have. Dr. A, Steve Alexander on the pod tomorrow. I'll be back with Brandon Kravitz on Wednesday. We'll have Rick Kambla joining Dr. A Thursday. And then Alex will be doing the waiver wire episode on Friday. Are we getting the fellows back together? Are, are Ken and Shannon back in the mix this week? I believe so. I believe they're back. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.